Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Jason Dacey, the ABC News journalist, founder of Cockatoo Media, of course, the former uh, host of this show and longtime resident of Singapore, uh, now living in Australia. Jason, good morning. Welcome back to your old haunting ground. Good to see you, Glenn, and hello to all the Money FM listeners. Great to have you with us, Jason. Uh, Jason, how so? This is still going, right? The the international news content is and local news content is still not available on uh, Facebook in in Australia, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, on Wednesday, it all went black as far as uh, Facebook and Australian news uh, media. And it was a big shock, as uh, Scott Morrison said, the Prime Minister of Australia, Facebook unfriended Australia on Wednesday. So Aussies waking up to look at their normal feeds on Facebook and there are no news stories there. And that's because um, Facebook wasn't happy with uh, the proposed media bargaining law, which means that uh, outlets like Facebook will need to pay for news content, which they've had uh, for free for, for a long time. So Big shock to everyone, but the uh, bad thing was, uh, on top of this, a lot of the emergency uh, sites to do with coronavirus and health advisories, the Weather Bureau, they were also blacked out, not just uh, news sites. Uh, That's since been corrected, but Mm. a lot of people in Australia are not too happy about this. And, of course, the uh, key members of the Australian government also very vocal about their uh, opposition to what Facebook is doing. It was interesting because the Facebook, of course, is a private company. It's not a public, uh, you know, it is a public place where people go, obviously, but it is a private company. It can do whatever it wants in terms of content or who it allows on or off or whatever. Uh, But it was interesting because the government uh, officials that I saw, some of the statements and the comments were, you know, people were just so upset that this content was gone. But in reality, people can still get the content elsewhere. You know, if you want to go to ABC News Australia, you can still go to the ABC News Australia website and get your news there, right? It's just you just can't get it on Facebook. Of course, Glenn. I mean, that shows us the way our habits have changed, you know, over the last few years. You know, when you and I started as journalists, we all would buy the newspaper or listen to the radio or watch the TV news. But now so many people across the world, including Australia, get all their news from their their Facebook feed. And as you mentioned, I'm working at uh, ABC News Australia, and this is a big part of how ABC you know, gets its uh, message out there. And one of the jobs that we do at ABC News uh, as social media producers or digital producers is sharing stories to the ABC Facebook page, ABC News Facebook page. That stopped now. And uh, according to reports, we've seen something like a 6% drop in traffic on the ABC News website. But it's an opportunity for people to be directed uh, to the ABC News app or, you know, to go online themselves directly. So in, in a way, they can get the same content. It's just not so convenient for them. Yeah, and, and you know, the statistics over the years have, and the, and the numbers over the years have been, you know, 60 or 70%, something like that, of people get their news from Facebook. Uh, I don't know if those numbers have changed much in recent times, but it is certainly a big number of people that rely on Facebook, not just for their social things, for their friends and family, but also getting their news. Um, the... Has the uh, Journalists Association and news publishers organizations in Australia, have they weighed in on that, uh, on this? Because uh, obviously they would benefit from Facebook having to pay. Have, have they been vocal in their, uh, in their comments about this particular situation? 
Yes, definitely. I mean, over the last few months, people think it's uh, quite unfair for you know Facebook to get this free of charge and to really benefit on the back of uh, journalism. And it's not just the big media organizations like uh, ABC News or Nine News, um, Fairfax Media that have been affected, but also smaller companies that rely on, on on the social media feed. You know, small publishing companies that don't have the same reach of the mm. of the big media organizations. They've really been hit hard. And uh, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison and the, and the Treasurer Josh Frydenberg have been very vocal about how damaging this is. And it's funny, isn't it, that these big organizations aren't seen anymore on Facebook, but a lot of the conspiracy theories and the satirical organizations still can get feeds out there. So if ever there was a, a chance for fake news to get out there, now is the time because all the mainstream operations, are, all the credible ones with fact-checking, proper journalists, they're not being heard on Facebook at the moment. Yeah, interesting there. Uh, I reached out to Facebook for comment on this. I actually asked them to have uh, invited someone to come on the show from Facebook to talk. Um, they sent us a statement instead by William Easton, who's the managing director at Facebook Australia New Zealand. Quote, in response to Australia's proposed new media bargaining law, Facebook will restrict publishers and people in Australia from sharing or viewing Australian and international news content. The proposed law fundamentally misunderstands the relationship between our platform and publishers who use it to share news content and has left us facing a stark a stark choice attempt to comply with a law that ignores the realities of this relationship or stop allowing news content on our service in Australia. With a heavy heart, we are choosing the latter. Uh, now, he says that last year, Facebook generated approximately $5.1 billion uh, in free referrals to Australian publishers worth Australian dollars seven $407 million. So I guess their point is, look, you know, we may have been getting it for free, but it's also, uh, you know, pushing people back toward the main media sites and they are getting value out of that. So – Yeah, William Easton's been very vocal, Glenn. You know, he is, as you mentioned, looks after the Australia New Zealand region. But it's all that question about who's really benefiting from this. Is it Facebook, you know, who's making a lot of money from advertising and everything else by getting people onto their site because uh, people's appetite for news? Or is it the news organizations that are benefiting from the free exposure that they can get on Facebook? So that's the question that we have. But we do know, Glenn, that Media companies are not as profitable as they used to be, largely because that, that social media companies are, are kind of riding on their back and getting all that content out there for free. So there isn't the same way of uh, media companies to sell newspapers or get radio advertising, television advertising. That's not as strong as it used to be because the way people consume information and news has changed so much. And we're only talking really about the last 15 years, haven't, mm. aren't we? Mm, yeah, indeed. Maybe even like 10 years, right? Or less uh, in terms of the ubiquity of people getting their news from Facebook. Uh, Steve Oaken is weighing in. As you know, we just had him on for our international news review. And he says in the chat on Facebook Live, uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has said for years that governments should set rules for the internet. Now his Washington critics say the company's news blackout in Australia proves that he didn't really mean it. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, well, it's uh, always good to get Steve. Uh, you know, he knows his stuff. You know, of course, having lived in the U.S. and also in Asia. But you know, Josh Frydenberg, the treasurer of Australia, has been speaking to Mark Zuckerberg on a regular basis, and it's a, it's an amazing the power that mm. Facebook now holds in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Uh, so, who would have thought that? Again, you're saying it's a private company, so it's up to them to do what they want. But the Australian government is saying, hang on, 
Google has agreed to do this and they've made lots of uh, different agreements with media organizations in Australia. Now it's time for Facebook to kind of follow suit on this and, and do the right thing and pay for the content that is very expensive uh, to make. Jason, originally uh, it was my understanding that Google and Facebook and some of the others were have a unified front on this, that we're all going to act together. And then I don't know what the timeline is, but then obviously Facebook split off from what Google decided to do. Uh, are you familiar with that part of the story and, and how that played out? Well, all I know is that Google made the agreement, you know, a few days ago, and everyone thought that Facebook might do the same thing. Uh, that was after we heard that, uh, you know, this law, this, um, media bargaining law had been passed in, in the lower house of Australia, it was likely to be become part of Australian law. But then we all got the big shock on Wednesday when this blackout happened. So, yeah, it took everyone by surprise in, in a big way. We thought that Facebook would do what Google did. Yeah. Now, what is uh, who, who are the winners and the losers going to be in this? Uh, is, you know, Facebook seems to be they're going to hold hold their ground, at least from what we know for now. So that means that major news content may not come back to Facebook. Uh, what what do we what do you know or what what are people saying about what the eventual outcome of this might be for Australian media consumers who are on social media? Well really it's a, a staring game at the moment isn't it who's going to blink first? I actually think Facebook will come into line and come up with some sort of agreement that uh, Google's done. Facebook's concern is that you know they'll negotiate this uh, this fee with media companies and then if they can't agree it'll then go to arbitration where the Australian government will make a ruling on that. So they're a bit um, worried about the kind of money they'll need to pay. But I, I think Facebook will eventually come into line and we talk about the winners and losers. The losers definitely the small uh, publishing uh, houses or small media companies that are so reliant on on social media. The big ones like ABC, you know, Nine News, News Corp, they'll be fine. It's just the small companies. They're yeah. the potential losers from this if it drags on. And and what about the consumers themselves? I mean, is it a big deal that they can't get their news from Facebook? I mean, they'll just have to bookmark another tab on their on their mobile device or their uh, desktop, you know, to just go to ABC News, for example. Exactly. As, as I mentioned at ABC News, we've got a big drive now to get to people to the ABC News app, mm. uh, which uh, this is an opportunity because they aren't seeing the ABC stories on their Facebook feed. So there's another way that they can access that content. So as you mentioned, it's just another bookmark. If they really want to get the story, there's a way of doing it. Yeah, that, that, it's funny how how uh, you know one one uh, controversy on one side becomes an opportunity for others. Uh, Don Pierce is just weighing in on Facebook Live. A Facebook without news content is a double-edged sword. He says, while I welcome the respite, the resulting void may allow fake news to propagate unchecked. Uh, as to your point a little bit earlier, huh, Jason? Definitely. That's the thing. You know, if you go out onto your Facebook feed now and have a look at the kind of news that's getting out there, it's not the mainstream news at all. You know, a lot of these wild conspiracy theories or satirical sites, uh, you know, even uh, we can't even we couldn't even see the weather report until a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, pretty random what's uh, turning up on the Facebook feed at the moment. All right, Jason, let's move on to uh, another big story happening in Australia, and that is the Australian Open right now is uh, going into its final day today. And it's going to be a big showdown, isn't it? 
It really will be, uh, Glenn. But what a journey we've had with the Australian Open in Melbourne. We've had the lockdown. You know, we've had some spectators in stadiums and then no spectators. But it all comes down, you know, to the final today, the men's final after Naomi Osaka won her fourth Grand Slam title yesterday in the women's final. Novak Djokovic against Daniel Medvedev. And uh, Djokovic has to be the favourite. He's the number one seed. Yeah. He's won the Australian Open eight times before. He's got 17 Grand Slam titles, but uh, he's got a pretty bad record against Daniel Medvedev. He's lost three of the last four uh, matches against the Russian, who's only 25. Uh, Djokovic is, is 32, 33 almost. So there is, a, there is a, a chance of an upset here. Medvedev was in the final of the US Open at the end of last year, losing to Rafael Nadal. But now I think he's got a pretty good chance. It just depends on the injury status of, uh, you know, of Novak Djokovic. People call him a bit of a drama queen because he said he had a really bad abdominal injury. Yeah, he had some kind of a, a, a stomach muscle strain or something last week. Yeah, that's miraculously uh, disappeared, Glenn. I know there are probably <laughs> Djokovic fans out there, but he's known to do this. He'll sort of throw something out there about his physical condition. Oh. Now, remember, that was in the third round. Now we're in the final. So he said, oh, I would have pulled out if it wasn't a Grand Slam tournament. Oh. But I think I'm going to predict an upset here. I think, you know, as you know, I've covered the, the last four Australian Opens yeah. uh, for Indian TV. I'm going to predict an upset. I think Medvedev can hmm. beat Novak Djokovic today, but it's going to be an epic final, I think, at, at Melbourne Park. The Russian over the Serb, huh? Interesting how, what, what that might be, uh, what that might look like. Uh, and maybe, maybe the, the over-under has been juiced up a little bit with the, with the thoughts <laughs> of uh, potential injury by one of the players, right? <laughs> well, actually, when you, when you look at, when you look at the, you know, uh, I know we, we don't bet in Singapore, but when you look at the international markets, they are, it's very, very close, actually, the betting, you know. So uh, they know that this is a hard one to call. I think Osaka yesterday, you know, in the women's final was a pretty easy one to predict. Uh, so really with Djokovic, he's chasing history. He wants to get to the above 20 Grand Slam singles titles. He's got 17 at the moment. Uh, you know, he's had an up and down kind of year you know he's had some good good results and some mm. not so good results in other incidents so let's see what happens at the end of this very strange australian open <laughs> it's a miracle honestly that it's gone ahead considering yeah. what we've seen with outbreaks and you know lack of crowds and uh, but it's a great event and uh, i definitely encourage anyone out there to try and watch the final um how many people will be allowed in the stadium will anybody be allowed in the I know it's oh, yes, we have spectators now. It's not like full capacity. A third or a half, I believe, something like that? I think it's around 50% capacity, so yeah. it should be a good atmosphere. I've sat there at the uh, the Rod Laver Arena many times and, yeah. and enjoyed it. Um, the roof can be open or shut depending on the weather conditions. As we know, four seasons in a day is the is the motto of Melbourne. So <laughs> who knows uh, what the weather's going to be like there yeah. in the Victorian capital. But it's it's going to be great to see. How many hours from now is that? A couple hours? Oh, it should be happening Yeah, a couple of hours' time. So, yeah, um, yeah it's good. Yeah. just perfect for, for Singapore and Southeast Asia to watch the final and, and cheer for whoever might be there. And I, I don't think we're going to see Roger Federer in a, in a major final anymore. Can you believe it, Glenn? He's going to turn 40 in August. And <laughs> in a way, I think coronavirus has kind of you know, pushed him a bit closer to retirement. But mm. I know a lot of Federer fans across Singapore will be hoping that he can come well. back. And Rafael Nadal still going strong, too. Isn't there something to be said about kind of going out on a high note rather than lingering? We've seen sports stars do this over over many decades, right? Just kind of hanging on with their claws, you know. And, and he's, he's at a relative high point right now. It would, might not be a bad idea to think about uh, moving on into sports broadcasting or whatever his next uh, his next thing is going to be. 
it's amazing when you think how long you know the the, the big four you know with Djokovic, uh, Federer, and Nadal and, and Andy Murray there as well have been around. You know something back to two thousand and five, I think was the last time that we we saw someone like Medvedev having a chance of of winning um, mm. the Australian Open. So that just shows you that's you know that's a decade and a half ago, and here we are. Medvedev having a chance to win his maiden Grand Slam singles title at the age of 25. Fantastic. We will look forward to seeing the results of that. Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, founder of Cockatoo Media. As always, brother, thanks so much. Great to see you. Thanks very much, GVC, and uh, thank you to all the Singapore listeners. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.